Well, brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, I don't know about you, I'm always interested in the names of things, names of people, names of places, names of things, and what meaning is behind them. Um, and so because, probably because I'm a pastor, I'm also very interested in the names of churches, okay? Here are all kinds of different names for churches. And recently I ran across a list of the most common uh, churches in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, of which St. Paul is a part. Um, you know, like, I've got the top three most commonly used church names. What do you guys think? This is the interactive portion of the sermon. Um, you guys have any guesses? Like, what, what's maybe the most common Lutheran church name out there? Anybody have any guesses? St. Paul? Yeah, number two. It's number two, okay. I think I heard of St. John, number three. We're like playing Family Feud, okay? No one's got the number one answer yet, though. It is Trinity. It is Trinity, okay? So this was, this was I thought this was going to take a lot longer, but uh, Trinity, number one, St. Paul, number two, St. John, number three. I think like half of the Lutheran churches are named one of those three. I'm joking, mostly. But yeah, so St. Paul. Now, I, I want to, um, I'm here to tell you today that St. Paul, though, even though it's number two, St. Paul is the greatest possible name for a church, okay? Am I biased? Maybe. I don't care, though. I think it's the greatest possible name for a church because when you think about it, you know, these names, names of churches, they're trying to communicate something, some type of a value, some type of a meaning. And I think that, you know, we've just read the story of, of St. Paul, right? I think it, it helps us understand the type of people whom God gathers in a church, whether it's, a, you know, the church on earth or whether it's this particular church. And I know, I, I say the name St. Paul, you know, St. Paul, Lutheran Church and School, I've rattled it off all the time, and I, I don't think about what all the meaning that is jam-packed right there in St. Paul. That's communicating and expressing a lot of things in just those two little words, if you know what the word saint means, and if you know the story about this guy named Paul. And it shows us exactly the type of people that God calls to be his own. Because every person that goes to church here is a sinner. Okay? No, no one's fallen out of their chairs yet. Yeah. Every, everyone, everyone is a sinner. But by the grace of God, he has also declared us to be saints. His holy ones, redeemed and forgiven by the blood of Jesus. So God's people, at the same time, at the same time, we are sinners and saints. Maybe you've heard this one before. You know, this is like our theology, right? Um, even if you haven't heard it, you're probably thinking, yes, I have experienced that in my personal life. How at the same time, I know that I am a child of God, and yet I still am a sinner. On this side of eternity, I'm going to be a sinner and a saint at the same time, a sinful saint, if you will. And Paul is what I, I think he's the most famous example 
of someone who is kind of a notorious sinner whom God has called to serve him in a, in a really powerful way. And so that's why I think this is an amazing, you can't beat this name for a church, St. Paul. How is it that Paul could be called a saint, you might be wondering. I think that's, you know, reading through this, I think that's what Ananias is thinking, right? Uh, God, you know, he's thinking like, you know, Saul, Saul's kind of a common name, Lord. Maybe you got mixed up with a different Saul, you know, who's not trying to arrest and kill Christians. Uh, can you look, double check that? You, know, you can see that some resistance there. You can even see once uh, Saul, Paul is proclaiming Jesus, people are astounded and they're confounded. And they're like, can this be the same guy? <laughs> this guy was trying to, to make Christianity go out of business not that long ago. And now he's preaching Jesus as, as the Messiah, as the Lord and Savior. God, God has forgiven him and brought him on our team. How can this be? Kind of boggles the mind. But it is, it is that story that is so compelling for us. And Paul himself, you know, he, in, in 1 Timothy, he writes about this, how he, he takes on, um, willingly, he takes on the title of chief of sinners, you know? It's like he gets himself his own mug and his own trophy that has that title, and he displays it proudly. And he says that God has chosen him of all the people because of how notorious a sinner he was, God shows him to demonstrate his power and to glorify his name, showing that he can take even sinful people who are far from him, who are utterly opposed to him, and he can use them. He can transform them into one of his saints. It's amazing what God can do. And I think that there's a, there's a certain, um, I don't know, godly pride that we can have by saying, yes, our church is named after St. Paul because he's the chief of sinners and really, when it comes right down to it, we're all tied for first in that chief of sinners competition. This is truly a church full of sinful saints. That's what we're calling this new series that's gonna run starting today, running over the next couple of months, Stories of Sinful saints. And by this point, you guys just have to forbear my love for alliteration. It's just, I can't, you know, I am who I am at this point. Can't get over that. Stories of sinful saints. We're going to hear um, some amazing stories of God's people uh, throughout history, some a long, long time ago, some a little bit more recently in, in the course of history. Um, people who were by no means perfect but people that God used for his perfect purposes. I think the, the tendency sometimes is to hear about, you know, read through the Bible and read about some of these, you know, giants of faith or read in history books about some of these people and all the things that they did. And uh, I know my tendency is to think, well, they're like superheroes, you know? They're gonna make Marvel movies out of these after they run out of other ideas. Uh, but that, that's not the case. If you look through the scriptures, uh, you see, you know, can you find a single person who was without sin, who was without flaw, who was without problems? You know, try it, I'll wait. We'll be here for a while. Because God, God um, is in the business of drafting sinners 
whose sin is big and impressive, so to speak, but his grace is bigger and more powerful than even the totality of human sin. And so God sees us now as sinners, but no, no, he sees us as his saints because of the work of Christ, by grace, through faith in him. That's who we are. We are sinful saints, but I put the saints second, so I want that word to be ringing in your ears because that's how God sees you. Now, again, though, the issue is that we still have that word, that word sinful clinging to us on this side of eternity, and that word, that reality, that heart condition that we have, it will threaten to derail us, and it will stand in the way sometimes of us being able to tell our story uh, to the praise and the glory of God. And that plays out in, in a few different ways. Um, I, I remember, it's been, it's been a minute now since I was in the seminary, but I remember attending a conference there, and there was a speaker, and this guy was talking about how, you know, he, he was saying how uh, there have been problems in the church uh, throughout its history. Have you guys ever, is this shocking to you that Christians don't always get along or that there's disputes sometimes? Well, it, it happens sometimes. And even historically, even in the ancient church and all the way through down to the present time, um, but, but this, this professor, this speaker was saying um, that he believes that the origin of a lot of these you know, uh, heresies or false teachings or divisions that spring up in the church are because of this human sinful tendency to make ourselves the center of the universe. Are you guys ever guilty of trying to do that? I confess that I am. It's just a little bit easier sometimes to place myself as the master of all things, as the center of, of my universe at least. So once you do that, that's your first move. Now I'm in the center. And then you think, huh, oh, I forgot about God. Wonder where he's gonna go. Is there any room left for him? And maybe there is, and maybe there isn't. And so the danger is then, if you start to make yourself the center, if it's all about you, uh, then you start to, to live a life apart from God, and you start to tell a story uh, that doesn't have God in it, and you're headed for an eternity apart from God as well. So the warning for us is, don't try to fit God into your story. That's, the ba that's backwards. That's the wrong order of operations. Look and see how you fit into God's story. Look and see how you fit into God's story. Because really, it's, it's God's story, and we're just living in it. But we're a part of it because of his grace. He has brought us into his story, his story of salvation. He called us when we were far away from him, just like Paul. And he has declared each one of you to be a saint. This room is full of saints here today, following in the footsteps of St. Paul, our namesake here at this church. God declares us to be his saints. We are in his story. And we are going to, uh, we're going to learn how to declare his praise, how to glorify him by telling our story 
But there are, before we can really do that, though, we have to acknowledge that there are some things standing in our way. There are three uh, big roadblocks, I believe, that might prevent us from, from telling our story of God's work in our lives. So what prevents us sinful saints from doing this? Well, number one is, we might think we are too sinful. Our stories are too sinful. And on one hand, you're exactly right. Our resumes, you know, our rap sheets, you know, there's, there's a lot of sin there. And God could justly say, yep, that's too much. That, that's, you're, you're too far gone. But God uh, does not do that. God, um, you know, we might be thinking, oh, nobody knows my past. I can't even bring that up. You know, and maybe we're even ashamed of our present. And we think, I cannot share this story with anyone. Well, Paul has already taken this excuse away, right? He went first and took the excuse. He said, I am the chief of sinners, and God um, has forgiven him. He has used him. God forgives us. He uses us. And uh, it would be it would be to the, the great delight of Satan if we zipped our lips and never shared our story. Satan would love that. And we, we don't, we don't, we're not about making Satan happy here at St. Paul. We want him to be sad and to shake in his boots and to be scared. And we do that when we open our mouth and declare that transformative work of Christ in our lives to make us saints. And so we're gonna, so don't let my story is too sinful be a roadblock for you. Because God, you know, we know about Paul. That one, that one doesn't really hold any weight for us now. Our second excuse, the second roadblock might be that our story is just too standard. It's too simple. It's too boring. Have you guys ever thought about that before? You know, I, sometimes I've thought, well, I, I don't have that amazing story. You know, I was like 19 years old and, and it was storming outside and I, you know, had this amazing conversion experience. I'm like, oh, now, now if you've got that, that's awesome. Shout it from the rooftops. <clears throat> but if you don't, uh, don't think that like, oh, your story doesn't matter or something. I, I've thought about this like, for me, I was born in a Christian home, raised going to church. Uh, if I wasn't throwing up, I was going to Sunday school every week. You know, wanted to be a pastor since I was a little kid, became a pastor. You know, I could, I could tell you guys, <laughs> I could tell you guys the bumps in the road along the way. Uh, not today. Maybe we can have another conversation some other time about those things. Uh, attendance might be really good that day. I don't know. Uh, but don't, don't think that your story is like too standard or not worth sharing. I, I have to tell you, so when I was, uh, when I was a vicar, that's like a, a pastoral intern, my senior pastor, uh, he sometimes, occasionally on Sunday morning, people, some people would ask him something like, hey, is anything special happening today? And he, you could just see this sarcastic gleam in his eye. And he would say something like, oh no, nothing special at all is happening today. Only the almighty God of the universe 
is coming down to be present among us for worship and speaking his word of life and forgiveness and salvation to us, telling us all that Jesus has done for us. And oh yeah, he's only gonna come to us in this simple meal where he gives us his body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. But no, nothing special at all is happening. Uh, Nobody, including me, asked that question a second time to him. But seriously, you think your story of how God saved you is boring? No way. No way. Even if you think about it like the most, you know, like boring story might be like as a baby getting baptized or something. Even that, if we believe that we are born sinful and without the intervention of God, we would die and go to hell. Even that, it's like a life and death struggle that God wins as he joins us with Jesus' death and raises us up with his resurrection. And now we are in his family. This is, this is an amazing victory that God has won for us over sin, death, and the devil, and that he gives to us. How, how can any part of that be boring? So we're gonna learn together in the coming months that every story is worth sharing for the encouragement of the body of Christ and for the sake of making disciples of those who don't know Jesus yet. So it's not too sinful, it's not too standard. Another excuse might be that we're too scared. I can resonate with this one. Might be because, I don't know, maybe you're too introverted or something. Maybe it's just putting yourself out there, sharing details about your life seems overwhelming. Maybe it's just simply you don't feel equipped or prepared to tell your story of God's work in your life. And these are, on one hand, these are legitimate things, but how much of a shame would it be for the world not to hear these stories of what God has done for you? And so all of these things, you know, we're, we're going to learn as we go forward. We're going to learn how to share a powerful testimony of God's work by proclaiming what he has done to make this sinner all these sinners into saints and this this emphasis stories of sinful saints it's not just going to be like the sermons that's not the end all be all there's going to be some other things that take place outside of worship there's going to be these workshops that we're going to have they're called telling God's story opportunities for us to come together and to go through a little bit of a process to learn you know, how, how to make sense of my life and my story and see where has God been the entire way. And we're going to learn. There's going to be um, there's some sheets of paper on the table there with a schedule. You can, sign, you can actually just like circle one and throw it in the box or turn, turn it into um, me or one of our elders or something. To register. We're also going to email a schedule, a registration link uh, tomorrow. There's going to be five opportunities so far coming into September and October for, to attend one of these workshops. And, and it is, it's going to be kind of in response to these three big roadblocks, things that might prevent us from telling our story. Uh, but we're going to, God's going to be moving here. He's going to be raising up some, some storytellers to declare his praises. Because God has done amazing things for you and for me and for Paul. We are sinful saints, but let that last word, let that word saint ring in your ears. That's who God says you are. And we're going to tell the world about it. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have called us, even when we were sinners, to be yours. We thank you for the work of Jesus, dying and rising again to make us part of your family, your beloved saints. Equip us to open our mouths and declare how much you have done for us so that we can lead others to follow you and become your saints as well. We pray this all in Jesus' name.